Welcome to Newborn to Teen and Everything in Between, the podcast from Bespoke Family. I'm Bex. And I'm Claire. Thanks for joining us as we tackle the ups and downs of life with children, helping you to get the best out of your time together. No rules, no judgment, just guidance. So grab a cuppa and let's get started with today's episode. So in this episode, we're going to talk about the not so terrible twos. There can sometimes be a real negativity concerning this stage. Um, and we're going to talk about why this might be and why it doesn't have to be that way. We start our podcast with a little challenge, Bex. So for those of you who might not have listened before, Bex is a mum of twins who are now 14, but doesn't have any childcare training or experience as such. And so what we're going to do is I'm going to just put her to the test a little bit. So she's just going to use her parental knowledge to see what she would do in certain scenarios. And then we're going to talk about it in a bit more detail and maybe come back to it and see what maybe she did really well and what maybe things could have been tweaked. What you're saying is you're going to put me right. But might not need to. No, you might not. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, so... Let's get started with challenge. <laughs> we need we need some music. I we feel. do need a little <laughs> tune. Um, so I want you to imagine you're out with your two-year-old. I'm not going to give you twins on this. Thank one. goodness for that. Okay, so you're out with your two-year-old. You're trying to leave the house. You're going to get in the car, and they are flatly refusing to put shoes on, coat on, and you're trying to get to the car and you know that they're going to refuse to get into their car seat and everything else as well. So you've got this monumental kind of, they're on the floor, kicking, screaming, shouting no, and what are you going to do? You need to get out of the house. What time is it? As in? In the day, what time is it? It is mid-morning. Okay. So I'm thinking that they're probably a little bit tired, potentially, mm-hmm. and maybe they're leading up to lunchtime. So I think, am I allowed to rewind? Okay. Not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go on. <laughs> so maybe I might rewind a little bit right. and just give them something to eat okay. and a little bit of quiet time. If I know that I'm going out, then I probably would give them a little bit of quiet time before. However, obviously, that has I haven't done that. So I've got this child that's screaming and shouting and things. So probably in reality, I would lose my temper and say, get your shoes and coat on and make them get in the car. And But I know that that's probably not the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that I would um, be cal- quite calm with them, get down to their level. Mm-hmm. The problem is, if we're in a rush, then that's a little bit stressful because you haven't really got time to get down to their level. So I think what I might do is make it into a game and say, okay, let's see who can get their shoes on most quickly, mummy or... or not. You're not supposed to speak in the third person, I don't think. So me or you, who's mm-hmm. going to get their shoes and coat on most quickly and just really see if I can sort of divert their attention and do a bit of a right ready steady go and then try and get shoes and coats on quickly and pretend that I'm racing them and let them win type thing Mm -hmm. 
then they might still probably once they've the excitement of that has gone so they might then still be crying so if they're still crying about wanting to get into the car um i don't honestly really know what i'll do i probably i probably <laughs> would just pick them up you already sound stressed and this is just, <laughs> just a scenario <laughs> i think i'd probably by that stage i'd have thought i've used up all my cards now i'm just going to pick them up and put them in and just let them scream because quite honestly i don't think i know what would know what to do okay so that's it (laughs) no and i think yeah i think it's one of those things there's quite a few interesting things you've just said in there anyway of i know what i'm probably should do but what i would probably do even just talking about it and you'll say it's a pure scenario and you're already like oh you that sounds stressful this is going to be a nightmare this is and I think you already know that you're working yourself up you can feel yourself in that situation already and I think it is it's the pressures that we potentially feel and we know and we preempt what might be going to be going to happen as well Mm -hmm. um before it actually happens so we're trying to kind of like you said I'm trying to rewind and I do this and I try and do that but I probably wouldn't have done that and I think it, it, there's a lot that goes behind and particularly when a child's escalating mm-hmm. and it's potentially every time you go out, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. You then start to dread those moments. Mm-hmm. And so this is the whole point of this you know, episode in that trying to explore how a child, a two-year-old, you know, two, three-year-old might be feeling it may even be like an 18 months old because people talk about that kind of terrible twos which is not necessarily a term that we use a lot but is out there in the public domain um but it could be an 18 months old that's starting Mm -hmm. to do it as well so i think as we talk maybe we'll kind Mm -hmm. of go through your scenario i'm quite excited to to know exactly whether i did that right or not and i have to say the one thing that used to get at least my son moving was a race yeah that would always but my daughter not at all so no. this is the other thing isn't it yeah not the same this is the whole bespoke part of it the mm-hmm. not the same thing is going to be the it's, case for... but we're all motivated by different things yeah what motivates one child might not motivate another mm-hmm. and it's all and that's understanding that you know you've got twins so they're exactly you know the same age they're in the same environment you are the same parent mm-hmm. and yet you have a little two little ones going oh yeah no i'll race you mm-hmm. and the other one going you're gonna try harder mm-hmm. that isn't gonna work mm-hmm. and so yeah absolutely it's that whole thing of there are strategies that work for some children but not for all mm-hmm. and so it's making sure that we all you know and it's also dependent on the day it depends on the mood it depends on your mood it depends on how you know and what you're going to go and do all those things are factors on how your child reacts Mm -hmm. to the strategy you use that day so do we need to bring it right back Mm -hmm. before we sort of go through the rights and wrongs of my parenting skills in that particular (laughs) scenario um so why why do people find the stage so tricky? I mean, I know for a fact that one of the reasons is, A, because I get so stressed, and mm-hmm. that's 
but just in general it's like I need to get somewhere and they're not doing it but B is the people looking at you yeah people just like saying comes back to that judgment thing, it does it? Yeah. yeah and that actually if the child is doing something that is in a way deemed not behaviour that we, you know they're not skipping along holding your hand saying of course no problem <laughs> I don't mind that all then suddenly if they're doing anything against that puts a parent or carer under pressure because it's that judgment of I haven't got this situation handled my child's you know showing me up or whatever it might be and so then we go into our fight flight freeze response so we suddenly go into oh my goodness I need to sort this out and we start to panic and we either as you said you know in the scenario it's a bit like I know I'm probably going to end up maybe shouting I might just pick them up and mm. put them in the car but you are in that fight flight freeze situation as and well so, as, as well mm-hmm. and they're trying to communicate and it's a really it's a really difficult kind of situation because you're both your child's in one place and you're in another and you have to try and find that common place mm-hmm. um why do we find this age group so tricky if you think up until this point we've had these beautiful babies they start off and they're lying there and they're cuddled and you know it's still tough there's still tough elements behind those baby stages but then you know they don't say no at this stage and you can pick them up and move them to where you want them to and they stay and they kind of stay there and you can get them dressed might be a little bit of a you know but you can get them dressed and so that's great and then suddenly we have these little people who have suddenly realized that the world's quite exciting they have a voice so being able to say no and someone stops them it stops someone in their track and goes sorry (laughs) what did you just say and our reaction to that suddenly a child who for the last maybe 18 months two years has just in a way gone along with things suddenly is going no that's not what I want to do that's not how I and suddenly they're going I I have a voice and I'm watching this reaction from this adult who is going what (laughs) and suddenly you know children are all about watching body language they're all about the tone of our voices it's not about the words we use and you know I will always talk about you know volume doesn't have a meaning to children because actually the words get lost all they're seeing is this person in front of them who's shouting with volume and kind of going how does this relate to what I'm doing Mm. and then they tend to match you because actually they're going well if you're shouting I might as well shout Mm -hmm. I'm going to match you. We mirror people. Human human beings mirror each other a lot. So, you know, if I nod, you nod. Sometimes if you shake your head, you both shake your heads. And our children are going, I'm copying what you're doing mm-hmm. and vice versa. So we are suddenly realising we have a little person who has, you know, opinions that they can't necessarily voice. They have a new understanding of how they feel or what they want to do, yet they still possibly can't explain it because they haven't got that emotional language, they haven't got enough of a language to explain it. And this age group feel everything. So emotion is so overwhelming for them. So from the you know top of their head to the tip of their toes, 
if they're feeling angry or they're feeling cross or frustrated or happy or excited, they will feel it all over. Mm -hmm. And I think you can always see children who, they can be happy one second and literally in a flick of a switch, they're crying. The like, what just happened? What what just happened? And it mm. is that emotional roller coaster that they they can't regulate themselves right now. They they don't have that self regulation of being able to take a deep breath and have that kind of thought process of no, this is okay. I know I've got to go and get my shoes on because then we're going to get in the car and then I'm going to go and do something like. They're not thinking like that. It's you've taken them away potentially from their play. You're taking them out of the house. Where are we going? What mm. are we doing? You know, and actually in your stressed moment, that was one thing I didn't do, wasn't it? In my stressed moment, I forgot to tell them what we were doing and why we were doing it. Yeah. yeah. And because we can tell the time, we are able to preempt what's coming. We know what our day looks like. We plan it. Sometimes we plan our weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I our... plan everything. So yeah. why would I expect my children not to want to, or my child not to want to do that? Yeah, yeah. it's true, isn't it? But actually they're going, well, what are you on about? Why are we going out of the house? Where are we going? Why do we have to do the shop now? Or why do we have to get in the car? Actually, I was really happy playing with my, you know, my farm animals or whatever. I was loving life. <laughs> and suddenly we've got to go to the supermarket. And I've got to put some shoes on and I really can't be bothered. And I don't really want to put my coat on. And actually getting in the car, you haven't really explained why we're doing it. So mm-hmm. actually I'm really confused. Mm-hmm. So what's going on? And so it's, it is about that whole, we can be on an agenda, our child can be on a completely different agenda, and we have to put the value through play, that their play is like our work. Mm-hmm. And so we might think they're just playing in the sitting room, having a nice time, but it doesn't matter if we have to pull them away from it, because it doesn't really matter, because it's just, the animals mm-hmm. are going to be there when they get back. To your child, it's like, no. Actually, that's the funny thing is that in our first, ep- our very first episode, one of the things that you said was that you looked after your dolls like they were real babies. Absolutely. And it was really real to you. So uh-huh. for somebody then to have said to you as a little girl, mm-hmm. like, come on, Claire, we're getting in the car now. And you'd be like, well, what about my babies? They need mm-hmm. their they need their lunch or they, they, yeah. they're they asleep. I can't leave them. Well, I had them. to there was always they always had to tell me when we were going anywhere we were doing anything because they had to be put in their car seat and they had to come with us and I had to take the blankets and I had to take a feed and I had to take the nappies because I didn't know how long we were going to be um, oh my goodness Claire I just no. love that yeah my parents loved it too <laughs> um, <laughs> just that constant kind of yeah. wait um, the babies the babies um, <laughs> no but it's it, but, but that then explains oh, to me now like looking in that respect yeah. that how that is so important I had to be it's prepared real. and you know you see children and like, I need to take this with me whatever it might be it might be a dinosaur it might be a handbag it might be and it's actually you know this is important to me right now this is what I need and we're going no 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 come on we just need to go we're just going to the supermarket and it's like, that can be your trigger and that moment where your child just goes, uh-uh, no. And the biggest thing is for any of the age groups that you know you have and any age of your child, what is the world like from their perspective? So where are they emotionally? Where are they mentally in their ability to understand the world? And you know, starting these kind of 
explaining that we're going out and we have to put our shoes on and we have to put our kids. Starting that from baby, mm-hmm. as you know, putting them in the push chair. Okay, we put you in your push chair. Now we're going to go for a walk and we're going to go to the shop and we're going to. It sounds, you know, parents and practitioners will always sort of say to me, it's a bit. <laughs> what does the baby know? But once you get to toddler age and they've got used to the fact you always tell them what's going to happen, mm-hmm. they're going, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. But a toddler who is, you know, trying to work out how much to, you know, they're looking at their boundaries and they're trying to go, what am I allowed to do now that I can walk and talk? Mm-hmm. This is the first time. So like, what, what's okay and what's not okay? And we use the term testing boundaries again with this age group probably quite in a negative form but you have to see it as a positive when a child tests their boundaries what they're doing is saying okay where am I allowed to go to what is okay and what's not okay and have you got me safe like Mm -hmm. I need to know that I'm safe and secure Mm -hmm. and I know that by going if I do this every time I do it you say that's great good work well done or but every time I do Z, whatever, it's no, we don't do that. That's not okay. You know, we we have to do this and that and the other. And so that they have those boundaries and we all love boundaries. Well, I I was um, listening to somebody the other day and they were saying that um, their child was really um, crying and kicking off at home and, you know, not, not happy at all. And lots of people were saying, well, that's because they really love you. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's like, do they? They can't love me that much if they're doing that. But it's because they feel safe, isn't it? Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, we talk with parents and they go, they're amazing for everyone else. <laughs> and they're amazing when they go to people's houses or they, they're amazing when they're at nursery or all those sorts of things. But when they're at home and they're with us, they are so, you know, it's so up and down. It's this, And it's they're going, it's where they feel the safest. Mm. It's where the place where they go okay mm-hmm. I can let these emotions out and that's showing that they're starting to get that emotional regulation you are also their person that they can do that with and they feel safe with mm-hmm. but it's a very fine balance because sometimes you can be having those behaviours because those boundaries aren't in place so they don't feel safe mm-hmm. necessarily and and not in safe because they you know it, it's more of a subconscious thing of when someone has that control so I will always try and put it into terms of like being in a workplace Mm -hmm. but if you imagine going to your boss and asking for help and guidance on something and they tell you the answer next day you go back and you ask just again to clarify but it's a completely different answer Mm -hmm. you don't stand there and go yeah that's perfectly okay great I'm just going to go away now you're going to stand there and go what? yesterday you said this and today you're saying this so then the next day you're probably going to sit there and go well I don't know I don't know which answer was the right answer so I'm going to have to go back again mm-hmm. and you're looking for that con- consistency mm-hmm. ultimately um, from those people who... how often have you worked in uh, somewhere and they've said oh they completely changed the goalposts yeah and that's um, the thing isn't it yeah. and actually I find it and lots of us would find that really unsettling, unsettling. Yeah. and so for our children who haven't got a logical brain or they they have a logical brain they're developing their logical brain and it's still very immature 
they're going into their emotional brains. They're going into that fight, flight, freeze kind of situation and going, hold on, yesterday I was allowed to do this. Today I'm not allowed to do this. Actually, I'm gonna just try it again and see what happens again and again and again. And we're going, oh my goodness, I've told you this many times, yeah. no or yes. And actually it's like, yeah, but each time you've told but that me. that could also happen with different, so if you're a nanny, and you say no and mum says yes, yep. or you're a parent or a grand yeah. It has to be consistent across all of the carers, doesn't it? Everybody who cares for a child or children within a family unit, whether that's grandparents, extended family, whether it's a you know, childminder, nanny, nursery. nursery, all of it has to be as consistent as possible. There will always be little slight differences and but when it comes down to the big stuff, mm-hmm. that real kind of what is okay and what's not okay definitely helps when it comes to your child being much calmer mm-hmm. and much more feeling like, one, you've got control of the situation, but two, I know how this works. So actually I don't need to get upset or I don't need to throw myself on the floor to stop this all happening to just regain where we are and what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And so it is that real kind of, as much consistency, commentary of your day Mm -hmm. and explanation, Mm -hmm. I think, are my kind of three Three big things. So it might be helpful. I mean, I think it would be to me if I was still with little ones, just to have a few sort of scenarios and examples of how you would handle a particular situation mm-hmm. so the one that I always struggled with was well I mean there's there's two particular scenarios that are really tricky so one is in the supermarket mm-hmm. so you might have you might not even get them in the trolley um, with them like you know how they go taut and like yeah. you know a bit like going in the car seat there's that and then when they're in the trolley, eventually, because you've forced them in it, obviously that isn't what I would do. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, because you've actually managed to get them in with a bit of bribery, potentially, from my from a parent's point of view. Then they're in the, the trolley and they're screaming their head off as you're going around and everybody's looking at you. I mean, there's that scenario. And then there's the in the park scenario where they're having a really lovely time. Mm-hmm. And then you say, right, we've got to go. And then they want that they don't want to go. They want to stay and they want to carry on having fun. So maybe would you mind just going through those two and say, <laughs> what? I'm glad you didn't give me one of those because I literally would have been like, um, I don't know. Okay, so the shopping one. This one, I again, take it from the child's perspective. So you're going to the supermarket, and if you think about just the scale, if you think from an adult, you know, it's the supermarket can be really big and masses of things, massive, amazing things to eat and take home. Scale it to your child, who's, who's two, this place is even bigger. Mm-hmm. There's even more things that they couldn't even imagine. They don't understand the concept that we have to buy things, that this costs money necessarily. They see it go through the checkout, but that concept takes a while to kind of register. But you take them to a supermarket, we put them in a trolley, which restricts them, 
and actually it would be a lovely space to run around in because you could play hide and seek and you do all those sorts of things amazing place really Hmm. from a two-year-old's perspective but you put them in a trolley so they're slightly restricted you have your list and you're getting what you know you need well your child also is looking around going i need that and i need that and i i really need that and what's the difference between what your two-year-old needs and what you need in their world you know in our Mm, adult world but in their world so you've got this list and you're putting these things in this trolley and i'm sat there as a two-year-old going well hold on where do i get the opportunity to put things into the trolley where do i get my opportunity to put that what i've just seen on the shelf look that looks really yummy put that in my trolley and so we're going around and it's like don't touch just sit there just do this and you're kind of taking that control of that whole and it can be a bit boring and it can be for some children quite overwhelming because there's a lot of people there's a lot of things and actually there's this constant no 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 we're not getting that no no no, we're not getting that well why aren't we getting that because i don't need it yeah it's like (laughs) well i i want to get those yogurts with pepper pig on them because i really want those pepper pig yogurts interestingly that you know marketers know, yeah they know and yeah. advertisers know that that's what it does um but it's you know why can't i and there's that's a really good question mm-hmm. in their head of why is it okay for you but not okay for me so what do you do so prepping them before you go so we're going to go to the supermarket let them see that you're doing the list before you go oh we need to get milk and we need to get eggs and we need to get bread and all those little you know whatever you might need to get and it's okay do you think you'll be able to find the eggs for me do you think you could choose the bread for me we either have this one or this one which do you think but involve them in the choices so that even if they're not that bothered that you're getting eggs which box should we get these eggs or these eggs you know green box or the yellow box whatever Mm -hmm. you but then they're going oh i made a choice Mm -hmm. i've actually been involved in that and it's like oh obviously the more delicate stuff maybe don't encourage them to put into the trolley because I've, <laughs> I've seen children just fling it across mm. into the but it, you know if it's okay let them put it in um but explaining the whole way around oh we don't need to get that because we've already got that in our cupboards at home we could you know next time we'll put that on the list and we'll get that next time um for the slightly older ones and if you're feeling very creative and everything else you can actually create a little shopping list for them so it only has to have a picture of. so would you in that instance then potentially not put them in the trolley i would still maybe put them in the trolley and be like right as soon as you spot it Let you need know. to tell me because i think you've got that on your list and then give them a pencil to tick it off if they're even younger you can if, again if you're really keen you know printing off pictures of bananas your key things that you get every shop um and you know just have those and be like right as soon as you found the apples, you give me that, and then you put the apples into the trolley. For some people, having children outside of the trolley is just really too stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they're involved and they feel like, you know, okay, what should we see? And it's also talking about like the numbers of the aisles. So mm. are apples on aisle number one? Let's have a look. And so you're distracting their mind rather mm-hmm. than, and I know whenever we talk about behavior and whenever i kind of work with families i'm always like i know this all sounds like a lot you know you just want to go do your shop Mm -hmm. and you'd like it you know but actually 
the more you do those sorts of things and engage them, the quicker the shop goes mm -hmm. than them having a massive tantrum in the middle of the shop because they've just had enough. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, it, it becomes much more enjoyable. A, a supermarket shop can be massively educational. Yes. <laughs> massively. You know, talking about colours, numbers, shapes, flavours, where does food come from, anything like that. So... It is more exhausting. I completely admit, you know, we'd all love to do a supermarket shop. And you know, if you have the opportunity, don't do the supermarket shop every week with your child if mm -hmm. it's a lot. You know, they might not want to be doing it. Don't pick times where, and this is for anything you decide to do. And you mentioned it when you said they could be hungry or they could be tired. Mm -hmm. Avoid doing things <laughs> around those times. Mm -hmm. If you know it's coming up to a lunchtime, make sure they're fed. If you know it's nap time, don't attempt to just stretch it out a little bit just to, you know, because it will naturally, you know, probably backfire. It's just about planning your day and being a little bit more kind of, okay, it's a bit of a pain because we're going to have to come back out again. But actually, if we get home and have lunch and have nap, we're not going to have big meltdowns. If I push this a little bit more, mm -hmm. I'm going to have a meltdown. So what do you do if you do have a meltdown, though? I mean, of in the course, in the, all the best laid plans, you've given them something to eat, or they're not. It's not hungry time or sleep mm -hmm. time. You've done the list for some unknown reason. Either they won't get in the trolley, or they just get in the trolley and just scream. What? Yep. What do you do? So every behaviour that our children demonstrate is normally underpinned by an emotion. It's just our emotional response. So all our behaviours, even us, when we have a behaviour, there's normally an underpinning emotion, whether it's happiness, excitement, fear, you know, anger, any of those, there's normally a, a bit of an underlying. So it's kind of asking the question of what's been the trigger? What's triggered them to not want to get in this trolley? What's triggered them midway around this shop to have this monumental kind of <laughs> meltdown? What what has triggered it and it is just taking maybe a minute to go what just what have we done have we gone in the car and we've been driving around they've been in their car seat we've been to get petrol we've been to do this we've dropped something off at grandma's house we've gone to someone else's house and done this we've dropped big brother you know off at school and now we're out of the car seat and now i'm trying to get them in a trolley when have they had an opportunity to run around when have they had the opportunity and actually, it might be sometimes going, yeah, I think this might be the case. So it might be saying, before they get in the trolley, okay, I can see you don't want to get in the trolley. If you don't want to get in the trolley, then you're going to have to hold my hand and we can walk together. But if you don't hold my hand, you have to get in the trolley. What would you like to do? And it might take a couple of minutes of stood outside by the trolleys, but let them have that moment, be, be there and be like, it's, it, you know, I know you don't want to get in the trolley, I can see that, but you would have to hold my hand. Mm -hmm. And it is about an element of trust as well. I think when children are really young, we don't think we can trust them to do things. Um, but often when we explain it and go, it's a hand or the trolley, what do you want to do? And they'll hold the hand and it's like, oh, okay. And then it might be a bit way around going, okay, do you want to get in the trolley now? Do you want to hold this for me? Do you want to try this? and seeing how they are. If they're still holding your hand beautifully, great. Doesn't matter. No. If behaviour starts to go down a little bit because they're getting bored and frustrated, it's kind of going, we're nearly there. We've just got to go down here and down. 
is that running commentary again. Mm. It's explaining that we're not going to be here all day. Mm. Your child doesn't know that at this stage. (laughs) Um, It feels like an eternity. And actually, I still want to get back to my my farm animals that I was playing with earlier. So it's all about, again, explanation, running commentary. What's happening? What are we seeing? What are we going to do? Um, and then always acknowledging, I can see that you're getting a bit bored, I can see that this, but we've just got to finish and then we'll go. But if they're in the middle mm-hmm. of a monumental yep. screaming fit, mm-hmm. and you're in aisle eight, yep. and they aren't listening to you because you're really trying, and you've got 500 people so it feels and it isn't ever but it feels like that doesn't it yep. like stopping looking to chat you can see them going oh my goodness look at that she should never have bought him out mm-hmm. they're obviously tired da, 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 da. you can almost hear it saying it yeah what do you do then do you ignore them do you carry on Who, pushing the well no the child oh. <laughs> definitely the people the people yeah. <laughs> because a lot of people say just ignore them as in the children yeah They'll stop eventually, keep pushing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's coming back to what is that trigger? Why have you got to aisle eight mm-hmm. and this has happened? What is it? Is it that they are seeing all this food and they're just like, actually, I don't know about you, but when I go supermarket shopping, there is a point where I'm like, oh, do you know what now this might be this is what i used to do with my twins when yeah. we used to go supermarket shopping probably completely wrong but tell I'll me if it is or not is. so we would buy a french stick, stick and they would have the end. the end yep is that all right why not <laughs> it used to work yeah. i used to oh have my it. goodness i feel like i need a high five for that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it is and it's a bit like actually do they need a snack to go around the mm. supermarket with because actually seeing all this food that they don't understand why they can't eat it it is and like they say you should never go shopping hungry hungry but actually for a child they haven't got that control so they're looking at it going oh my goodness look there's breadsticks and there's this and actually i'm feeling a bit hungry so you know by the time of aisle eight yeah they might be (laughs) needing it and i think it is just you know offering something like a piece of fruit or whatever you want to offer um, can sometimes be enough. I wouldn't use it straight away. No. Do not offer the snack the minute you walk into the supermarket. But it does also come back to your timings of your supermarket shop again. Mm-hmm. If you're going to give a snack, obviously making sure that you're not going just before lunch because then it's going to be a knock on to lunch. Mm-hmm. And then you'll be like, oh, now they've not eaten lunch. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it is all about timings and it feels quite restrictive. But if you can think about, a good timing and mm-hmm. you know if you're going to go mid-morning typically mm-hmm. mid-morning is going to be good snack time yeah yeah if they need one okay so that's the supermarket yeah so the park the park i'm having a lovely time playing with my friends and on the slide yeah and i do not want to go when mummy no. says so just imagine what it feels like when you are at a party why don't we just say that I'm in the spa? There you go. Mm-hmm. You're in a spa. Yeah. Party at the, you know, sometimes no. I'm a So bit you're, in a, you're in a spa and you think, brilliant, this spa does not shut until eight o'clock. Next minute, this lovely lady comes along and says to you, <laughs> actually, uh, we're closing in 10 minutes. 
um, if you can just wind up and um, <laughs> go get yourself changed and then if you we'll meet you at reception you're gonna be like no <laughs> no you said you were open until eight, like I in my head I'm here till eight o'clock like this is my my thing no 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 and you're not gonna go to okay no problem you're gonna be like what <laughs> why why has that happened and actually I'm having a lovely time and so what you want to be doing is, you know, seeing it from their perspective, the park. <laughs> the, what I always love about the park is that we always go down the route of, we go there because we know they love it. Yeah. <laughs> and we want them to go off and play so that we can maybe have 10 minutes of just, okay, we've got this. And where they're going, off you go, go and play, have a lovely time. No, honestly, go play. You know, try the swing, try this, try that. And then suddenly we go, right, it's time to go. <laughs> I've finished my coffee. Yeah, my coffee's done. I've had a bit of downtime. Okay, it's time to go. I'm a bit cold. I'm a bit this. And they're going, what? No, no, I'm having a lovely time. This is, I'm loving this. So actually what's what's going on? Why are we, you know? And so it is that, again, seeing it from their perspective, it's like leaving a party early and everyone's having a really good time and you have to leave mm -hmm. you will stall as much as you can and they will stall leaving the yeah park. so many taxi drivers yep right i'm going if you haven't come out in five minutes <laughs> oh, i just got to say goodbye to you know, yeah and i'm just finishing off my drink and yeah. it's like and our children are there i just want to go on the swing one more time i just need to go on the slide one more time i just need to i just need to and we're going no 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 it's time to go Mm -hmm. and they're like no I don't want to go and that's when we have those you know real it is a very complicated kind of thought process for them on on a lot of levels so especially, what do you do especially if no, no one else is leaving that's okay, the other yeah. thing yeah, if all the other one. children are leaving they're yeah. sitting there playing and having a lovely time and you're the one that's got to leave that fear of missing out mm -hmm. is strong. It is, yeah. Um, so it is time prompts um, are something that across the board with toddler behaviour is something to do. So, um, and this actually works with all age groups. So what is your cutoff point? If it is in 15 minutes time, it's saying to your toddler, okay, in 15 minutes, we are going to have to leave because we have to do it. And they're probably going, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, whatever. And it's then going, okay, now it's 10 minutes. So you've got, you know, and maybe giving them some strategies so that they learn as they get older to be able to manage it. So it might be, it's probably a bit more time. You could maybe go on the swing. You can maybe go on the slide another couple of times, but kind of giving them the, ment the mental thoughts of a couple more times. Mm -hmm. Actually, I might have to leave this soon. Um, it's then really breaking it down. So once you get down to those five minutes, okay, we've got five minutes. Okay, we've got three minutes, two minutes, one minute. Okay, what's your one last thing you're gonna do before we leave? Because, and it's not, you know, it's not just cutting it there. It's why are we leaving? Why do we have to go? And also saying, would you like to come back tomorrow? Or shall we come back on Saturday? But always remember, whatever you promise, mm -hmm. you have to follow through. Yeah. Because a child has to trust you. And to have trust is if you offer them an option, then you have to stick. So through. if you say we'll come back tomorrow and you don't, that's yeah. not on. No. Yeah. 
Or if it's absolutely, you know, tipping it down the next day and you just can't go to the park, it's saying, you know, I promised you yesterday that we'd go to the park, didn't I? And look, it's just raining, pouring. We can't go today because we're, everything's going to be so wet. But acknowledge that you did say it the day mm-hmm. before. They go, okay, you remembered because it was important to mm-hmm. me. But at the park, time prompts, explanation of why you need to go. And if it is something like, actually, I'm really cold now and I really want to go home and get warm, then say that, mm-hmm. not it's closing or, you know, that actually the man said that this, that and the other. <laughs> you, you do make up some stories, I'm telling you. Yeah. yeah, and the man's told us all that we've got to go home and all the other children are still playing, so no man's told them. Um, yeah, but, but you just then you make up the fact that he's going to go and tell them individually and they have five minutes slots. You become very good storytellers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's going, actually, I've got really cold now. And actually, I, I, I need to go home. and Because they need to know if that's mm. the reason. That's okay to, for it to be a reason that you need to go home because actually you've had enough. Yeah, That's okay for them to yeah. know. But I promise we can come back tomorrow. Mm. And I might wear a warmer coat or I might, you know. So it's always following through on those sorts of things. And always, again, just explaining to them prior to getting to the park. Okay, we're going to the park. We're going to play but we have to leave by mm-hmm. even these are for the little ones we have to leave because we have to get home to do mm-hmm. x y and z it might not feel like they take it on board but they do if you keep using that technique time and time again as they get older it just becomes a and then you avoid the meltdowns don't you, you do. so that's the whole they thing. don't stop them straight away no. because your child's going are you mm. going to stick to this method yeah, exactly. but the more you stick to it the more consistent you are the more they're like okay that's fine so, in summary, what would you say for a person who is either approaching that sort of toddler stage yeah. or somebody who's in it, what would your three tips be? Three top tips to sort of finish this off. You put me on the spot there, didn't have, you? Yeah. But you've, you'll have them. You'll have them. Don't dread this age. <laughs> this age is one of the best ages in that they are becoming their own little people, they have their own opinions, they have their own personalities, and actually it's where you can really start to see who they're becoming and who they're going to be, and that's in a really good way. If Mm -hmm. they do really know what they want, that's a great thing. That's that's something to be embraced and enhanced, but it's also going, you know, this. if we go into it thinking it's going to be a nightmare or difficult or challenging, it can often mean that we already preempt You it. make it, don't you? Yeah, you're already going, oh, here we go. <laughs> and they're going, what? <laughs> and you suddenly start kind of working up to an event, whereas they haven't even realised it's coming. So don't dread the age, because mm-hmm. I really embrace what this age brings it's got to be consistency 100% in that the more consistent you are in your approach and that is understanding it from their perspective it's understanding how the world feels to them and also not being as hard as it is when we're having a really good day we can let things go when we're having a bad day we might be a bit harder Mm -hmm. on them 
and actually for them they have no idea that that's happening or do you know what you happening. feel awful when you do you that do. but and even now even with my teenagers sometimes you're harder because you're feeling and having a rubbish yep. day it's but, terrible isn't it but you're actually? human yeah yeah and you will have good days and bad days and that's okay mm-hmm. if you acknowledge it yeah yeah <laughs> and go you know what i did not handle that right i i, I just didn't that's okay mm-hmm. that's kind of going you know sometimes it's saying sorry to them mm-hmm. and actually going do you know what i'm really sorry i was a bit grumpy earlier i shouldn't have said what i said or i shouldn't have got a bit cross but actually acknowledging that with them mm-hmm. makes them go okay well we are all human and it does happen yeah and there's more likelihood that they're gonna say i'm sorry after yeah. they might have a bit of an outburst yeah i didn't mean it i was just a bit grumpy because you're using that emotional language, you're role modeling it mm-hmm. with them. But anybody who says that they are, you know, on the A game 24 7. They're not, are they? No. You can't be. And no. actually, if you are, I would, you just, you, you no, just you can't be. Because no. that's, not, that's not being a human being. Because you are driven by your emotions as well. Uh-huh. So um, and the then my third, third I would probably say. Running commentary? No. It's, it's communication communication actually. yeah how you communicate so mm-hmm. communication that's how i get in my commentary and my explanation mm, points but good. yeah communication actually explaining things to them actually using emotional language with them i know you're really sad that you have to leave the park or i know this is really boring or i know you're getting really angry because i'm making you do this that and the other it put those emotional language things in but also then always putting in those boundaries mm-hmm. to support them and understanding that it's not about, you know, this behaviour is absolutely fine if they're kicking and screaming or, you know, going to bite you or anything like that. That's not okay. Those behaviours are not okay if, if that's, you know, for you as a family. But it's always going, I know you're really angry, but it's not okay to bite me or whatever it might be. Let's see if we do this mm-hmm. or let's try this. Um, so yes, lots of communication. They need to be hearing that language. They so need... communication, consistency, and don't dread the age group. Yeah. In, in should straight. have gone with another C. Shouldn't have. Yeah. Oh, well. So we have got loads and loads of blogs, um, yeah. over twenty at the last count, uh, on behaviour on our website bespokefamily.co.uk, along with loads of other blogs on all sorts of different topics so have a look at those and if you're not already following us we'd love to see you on social media we are at bespoke family on all of the platforms and we also do have our behavior and emotions webinar or guide so that's basically more of this Mm -hmm. in a webinar format so we go through all these stages all the strategies that you know you might want to use when dealing Mm. with this age group up to the age of five actually and that comes with their fact sheet and lots of resources um that will help you so but we just need to go back to your challenge oh yeah i forgot about that yeah so you did really well oh good on the whole (laughs) you did really well in that whole you know making things a game that's a brilliant way of involving children can be quite exhausting if you have to do it Mm. and you may have to swap it up because every day it won't work because no, they get true. pretty switched on to it 
Um, it comes back to those time prompts things that I talked about. We're leaving the house in 10 minutes. We're doing this. Mm. And again, explaining what we're doing, where we're going, why do they need to get in the car? Why do they need to put their shoes on? And the other thing I would say is giving them choice. So it's, do you want to wear these shoes or these shoes? Oh, goodness, ah. I missed them all. No, you didn't. You no, did well. You, and I think that's the thing. Some days we're going to absolutely smash it <laughs> and do brilliantly. And then other days... Mm-hmm. we are probably just going to end up picking them up and taking them to the car and then going why have I just done that because <laughs> now we're in the car and we're having but it happens and I think we, yeah. have, we can't be really hard on ourselves if if some days just don't go quite mm-hmm. to plan but that's the moral of the story it is yeah that's everything for today thanks for listening If there's something you'd like us to talk about, we'd love you to get in touch and let us know. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Bespoke Family or head to our website. The links are in our show notes. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss the next episode and please give us a rating or review if you like what you hear. We're Bex and Claire and we'll be back soon with another episode of Newborn to Team and everything in between. See you then.